Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We've got Patrick Marsh joining us via Skype with his fancy new microphone in the Maritimes. Sounding crisp, bud. Sounding crisp. Yeah, it's actually like a free microphone that I found in my basement like five years ago. So I don't know. Maybe I'm taking a step forward with technology. Or maybe I'm just a dumpster diver. I don't know. Greasy basement mic. Nice. Um, not on a greasy basement mic. We got Justin Anderson about two and a half feet away from me. Thanks for listening. Um, the game plan for today, we're going to talk about Christian Yelich and his trolling, which was spot on. Usually trolling is bad, but this was a rare case of good trolling. Uh, we'll talk about the Jays and Vladdy and Bo Bichette for a little bit. Just some random Jays chat because we want to get to the playoff race because it is heating up. Like The National League is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, to watch down the stretch. Uh, we also got a nice little what if as well. Uh, looking into the 2020 season for the Jays a bit. Uh, shout out to everyone listening on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Uh, big shout out to Blue Jays uh, Aggregator as well for uh, you know pumping our tires and helping us out a bit. Uh, make sure you give us a follow, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, we were talking about Christian Yelich. Um, <laughs> who would you say that you have a man crush on more, by the way, Justin? Christian Yelich or Mike Trout? Mike Trout. It's Always getting pretty Mike close, Trout. though. Like Not, you, last season, you would mention Mike Trout all the time. This year, it's a little less, and it's more Yelich talk. But did you guys see the video of Mike Trout's 43rd home run last night that he hit? No. And how loud it was? Like, he hit over the bullpen at Angel Stadium, which I sat behind the bullpens in left field in Angel Stadium. Like, the, both the bullpens are stacked on top of each other, so it's like home team yeah. right by the field and then away team. And he hit over top of both of them. See, when it comes to <laughs> home runs being loud, it's ruined for me forever after watching video after video of Vladdy, Vladdy taking minors. batting practice. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's a loud home run. Wasn't as loud as Vladdy's. So. Mike Trout's leading the league, though. He just decided to like mess around and become the best power hitter in baseball this year. <laughs> like, he's, he's the like, best at everything like, in he's, baseball. But he's never led the league in home runs. Like, he's just like, oh, what's one thing I haven't done before? Oh, I'll just lead the league in home runs this year. He is make, baseball. Make the playoffs? Has he made the yes, playoffs Yes, one, one one once or twice. But they got, he didn't make a deep playoff run. They got swept, I think. I think one time was a wild card loss, too. Maybe, yeah. One time they made it to the DS, they got swept. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, When it comes to Christian Yelich, though, uh, he was in that ESPN... Body issue. Body issue. Yeah. ESPN magazine. He was naked. Sexy dude. Like, good-looking dude. Yeah, a bunch all those athletes are. <laughs> yeah, like, they, well, the one-year Prince Fielder was on the body issue. That was and it was hilarious. like, no, this is, oh, it was bad. You should but, get CeCe Sabathia in there. But what do you guys think about this body issue? Patrick, I'll go with you. Like, do you kind of like how they kind of just... Bear it all. Bear it all <laughs> and kind of do something different for this? Yeah, I, I think it humanizes the, uh, the athletes. Uh, I mean, it's weird because, like, nobody has a body like a pro athlete. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I well, have I mean, the body of David Wells, bud, and he is a professional the athlete. Body of a so. professional bowler. Yeah, a darts right. player. Well, Who I mean, do you think you are? Oh yeah. <laughs> I ju- I just think it's great that we're sort of normalizing looking at just the the human body like that. If people make all these comments about how it's pornographic, and it's just like, no, it's not. It's just it's athletes showing off their bodies, which they have worked very hard to, you know, I don't know how to explain it sculpt. to make it make it perfect. <laughs> yeah, to sculpt it. Um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, this year, uh, baseball's lone representative is Christian Yelich. And, um, you know, you got a couple couple of big names um, in other sports like Evander Kane is doing the hockey one. 
and uh, Kelly O'Hara is doing soccer. Uh, Amanda Nunez is in UFC. Um, Chris Paul is doing basketball along with uh, WNBA stars, uh, Liz Cambage and Nancy Lieberman. Nancy Lieberman? I have no idea who that is. (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Uh, pause kinda, for laughter. I kind of like the body issue, though, but uh, the thing that everyone's talking about with Christian Yelich is this girl named Roxanne uh, went to Twitter and yeah. was like, how could you do this? In front of the children. In front of the children. This is disgusting, as if it's the first bad, gross tweet yeah. on Twitter. Newsflash, a lot of gross things on Twitter. Like, if you dig into the depths of Twitter, you can find some stuff. So <laughs> he tweeted back. What was it? Just yeah, relax, well, Roxanne. Well, he quote retweeted her, yeah. so that showed her tweet, in the, and he just said, Rock, relax, Roxanne. Yeah, and then his walk-up music Yesterday. the next day was Roxanne, Roxanne by the police. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if you noticed, but the Brewers uh, staff there, they let it go for a long time. Yeah. Like, usually the walk-up music's, like, eight they seconds started of the it course. Real early. They started it real early. It was, like, 30 seconds they yeah. played it. Yelich was taking his time. He knew exactly what yeah. he was doing. Oh, man. Uh, do you think this is a greasy move from Yelich, Justin, or is it, like, hilarious. a cool move? It, it just shows that these guys just want to have some fun, too. Like, they can clap back. Like, this, this is how they get back at people for, like, saying stupid shit on Twitter and mm-hmm. just trolling with some walk-up music. It's not like it was like uh, he wasn't explicit with her or anything. He just said, relax, Roxanne. And yeah. Like, I'm just, just having fun. It's just a body issue. It's not like he was like doing a, a sex tape. Patrick, where do you stand <laughs> on this? Like athletes chirping back at fans on Twitter because, I mean, they're athletes. They should have thicker skin. It's part of the yeah. game. But do you like it when they kind of poke fun at them in a non-malicious way? 100%. This is this is an excellent clapback by Yelich. Uh, the current reigning and defending and soon to be repeating Ooh. NL MVP. Mm. I'm calling it you now. You heard it here first, spicy, folks. Spicy uh, little take there for you. But, I mean, he's had such a tremendous year. Uh, he's untouchable, in my opinion. He, he's been the best player for two years in a row, and he's only 27, soon to be 28. Mm. Um, I don't understand what Miami did. They dumped all these <laughs> amazing players off their team and they suck and Yelich he's he's gonna be back-to-back MVPs in my mind Christian Yelich is the Nancy Lieberman of Major League Baseball I mean that's that's what I've always thought uh let's talk about someone who's hitting the ball a lot like Christian Yelich uh Vladdy Jr. And somewhat Bo Bichette. Uh, let's start with Bo. He's kind of cooled off since his hot start. I mean, not really. He's still hitting the ball consistently, but he's not hitting like 450 or whatever he was at the start of the <laughs> year. Um, we all saw this coming. Um, but Vladdy Jr. has just been mashing the baseball. Like, I don't know if you yeah. guys have his stats up ready to go. He's but... hitting like 360 over his last 30 games. His OPS is about 1.1, which those are MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. Um if not for uh, Jordan Alvarez, who is on the on pace to ba- uh, break Bo Jackson's AL rookie numbers from way back in the day, uh, Vlad would probably get the rookie of the year. But the way Alvarez is mashing, it's like otherworldly. It's record breaking. Is Vladdy meeting your expectations right now? Like, despite 100%. the slow start and everything like that, despite the late call up, is this where you thought he would be at this point? Yeah, and I mean, he he was coming off that injury when they after they when they when they called him up, he didn't have that much time in Buffalo. Um, took him some time to adjust. Once he started figuring out what those pitchers were trying to do to him, going down the way, how many times have we seen him just poke the ball down the right field line, or just dump it into yeah. right field? He's not trying to hit that ball to left field for for power anymore. He's just dumping it where it where it hits. Well, I'm surprised how quick his wrists are. 
Yeah, they're like fast. Like Bo Bichette, you can tell his wrists are quick just how he bats because yeah. he keeps his hands back. Again, it looks a lot like Josh Donaldson's mm-hmm. swing. Very After watching terrible. JD um, last night in Toronto, yeah. it's eerie how similar their swings are. Like, yeah. It's really, really eerie. Josh is a little bit more, like his leg kicks a little higher and he's a little bit more all over the place. Bichette, I find, is a little bit more tighter compact. and cleaner. Yeah. A little bit more compact. But, um, yeah, Bo Bichette and Vlad, they're, like, is Vladdy meeting your expectations, Patrick, or is he exceeding them, not meeting them? Yeah, way, way back when, uh, at the beginning of the season or before that, we did discuss what uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s floor was going to be as in the minimum that he would be able to perform. Uh, and we said, or the general consensus was that as a rookie, as a 20-year-old in MLB, the minimum that he would bat would be 280. Mm-hmm. And he is currently batting 280. And it's been climbing pretty much nonstop since... Uh, early May, I think it was. Uh, he's batting 350 in August. He batted 284 in July. He's just the the kid is just it's outstanding. And I do think Jordan Alvarez deserves to win the Rookie of the Year. I don't think it's a big deal that uh, Vladdy's not going to win Rookie of the Year because I just don't think it matters. The jury's out on which player's going to have a longer, more successful career. But Vladdy's doing all of this shit at 20 years old. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it. His OBP is 353. I I love it. I think this guy is going to play for us for a long, long time. Hot take. (laughs) Hot take right there. Wow. Are you telling me that Vladdy's going to be playing for the Jays for a long No. No, I don't I'd believe be happy. that. I, I would be satisfied if he was a career J, even if his numbers dwindled and he ended up finishing with numbers, you know, like below his dad, I would still be happy. I would still be very happy with like his, his performance. But I, I think it's something special. And honestly, like imagine what he's going to do you know, at 21, maybe getting a little bit better shape, maybe lose a little bit of the, you know, the thickness. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. He's not hitting as many jacks as what we were hoping off the, the all-star break. In fact, he's only hit, I think maybe six or seven, 15 total this season. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like his batting average is, unbelievable since the all-star break i think it's like 330 or something like that yeah well that's... i mean i could tell you right now it's it's 329 that's insane right well the thing is with flatty as i mean he's this is the most games he's ever played in the season and last year when he played in just under 100 games he only hit 20 home runs so he hasn't he's a line drive hitter but his launch angle i was looking into some some stat cast stuff today his launch angle is lower than the major league average. He hits a lot of low line drives. Like how many home runs has he hit where they've just been like ropes just over the fence, right? Tons. Yeah. He just Probably hits them, a majority of them. He just hits them so damn hard that they that they don't drop. <laughs> they just carry. Um so until he decides to hit the ball in the air a little bit more, um, we won't see as many as many home runs. Like his fly ball percentage is, is lower this year than it was in AAA last or at the start of the season by by quite a bit. You're looking at StatCast, that never happens. Yeah, I love StatCast. That's such a shocker. I mean, (laughs) 
scolding hot takes and absolute <laughs> shockers. Buckle the fuck up. The Here great thing we about go. Vladdy is that he's not a dead pole hitter. Like he hits almost as many balls to center field as he does to right field, and then his his opposite field percentage is pretty high too. Yeah, nothing worse than dead poles. Hey, ladies. Uh, um, uh, wow. Oh! Speaking of dead pole hitters, uh, mm-hmm. Justin Smoke hit his twentieth home run yesterday. Good for him. Th- three years in a row, he's the first Blue Jay. Uh, first baseman do that in a long time yeah before we uh, get into the playoff talk uh quickly here what did you think about josh's uh return to the rogers center did you like the ovation you got two standing o's yeah it was great i mean he said he was happy to be back he said he did you see the comments here he said he missed the, the foxy lady behind yeah. the plate oh yeah the home plate lady yeah, yeah. so uh, he is yeah. he was living it up i mean he's he enjoyed his time in toronto he's i think he's sad and the way we are, the way it ended. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, the Jays, uh, with that goodbye video they made for him, or not goodbye video, the tribute video they made for him, I like <clears throat> it when the commentating is in the background. Yeah. Like when Buck and Pat are in the background, not just music, mm-hmm. because it just gets him more jacked up and makes you relive those memories. remember it more. They just had that Adele set fire to the rain remix, yeah. whatever it was. I mean, it was great, and seeing him, the, the epic slide into home and stuff like that, but you got to have Buck and Pat in the background. It just makes it way better. Swing and a drive! Swing and a drive! <laughs> get up, ball, get up! Looks uh, like, all, all you hear in the background is, looks like a ball player. Yeah. Looks like a ball player. Oh, looks like, like remix. a ball player. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Pat Tabler. I say the same thing over and over again. Um, Let's talk about the playoff race, shall we? Um, When it comes to the American League playoff race, Mm. um, two of the divisions, it's over. I mean, Houston's (laughs) probably going to win the West. The Yankees are probably going to win the East. That's central, though. I can see Cleveland getting hot. They were actually in first for a little while, like mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Minnesota's good, and here's the thing: Minnesota's great on the road. They mash bombs. They're too. forty-one and twenty-two on the road. Yeah, like they're a really, really good road team. But when it comes to the American League Wild Card, Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa. Let's throw Boston in there because they're Boston. Patrick, which two teams are making the wild card out of those four? Cleveland and Oakland for sure. I wouldn't count Cleveland out of winning the al central but at the same time like man the twins the twins are the better team especially on the road but cleveland i don't know they've got a lot of players this is weird and anecdotal but we've got a lot of like high energy players like lindor who could take over a game really quickly and maybe it's not even going to matter maybe they went get in the wild card win the wild card game and then they just storm through the playoffs i i wouldn't count out cleveland i also wouldn't count out oakland either i think oakland once they uh all their players come back from the il i I think they're scary i wouldn't want to play them in in the divisional round tampa bay is winning the wild card and oakland is finishing second cleveland's gonna miss the playoffs Mm. they trade trevor bauer they kind of sold their season i was gonna say that trade when they traded Trevor Bauer, it seemed kind of weird. It was like, are you guys really giving up on the year? That was wild game starter if they made it, right? Yeah. And, like, also, too, they weren't that far back when they traded Trevor Bauer. Like, no. sure, they've been playing a lot better baseball as of late, like, since the trade. But, but that was kind of a head-scratcher. Like, yeah. I I'm, think Tampa Bay is going to get hot. I'm going the same as you. I'm going Tampa Bay and Oakland. I just... I think like I said before that Cleveland does have a chance of winning the Central, but now the more I think about it, I kind of changed my mind the last five minutes. <laughs> but because again, I think Tampa Bay, like they're so underrated, and no one's talking about Tampa Bay. 
Those teams that no one talks about during this time of the year, those are the most dangerous teams. Because when you look at teams like Oakland and like Minnesota and Cleveland, a lot of people are talking about them. The pressure's mm-hmm. on. No one's really paying attention to Tampa. Well, the thing is, I, I mean, Tampa lost Blake Snell to injury, and he, he may miss the rest of the season, but there's talk that he could come back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if they can get through that wild card game, and have Blake Snell and, and Charlie Morton and, and Tyler Glasnow as a top three in the rotation. That's pretty solid. Patrick, is Boston done? Do they have a chance? They do have a chance. Uh, I deliberately picked uh, all of the teams that are less than 10 games back of the wild card for both American and National League in our, our stat sheet here looking at it. I don't think Boston is 100% done, but it's just such a... Man, it's a tough road ahead for them. It's, it helps that Tampa's lost their last three games in a row, mm-hmm. um, which is it, it is a bad time to do it. That means that, if I'm not mistaken, they would have been tied with Oakland as yeah. early as like a week ago, and now Oakland is a game above them, and they've won two in a row while Tampa's lost three in a row. So The big thing yeah. with uh, with Boston is they're, they are six games back, right, with 29 games to go. So they got to gain six games in less than 30 games. That's tough. It's tough to do. Well, they don't need, it's not just them getting hot. They need the other teams to start sucking too. And if they, and if they play Tampa again, which they may because it's a division team, they've got to beat them. And mm. they need to hope that Oakland and, and Cleveland start losing because those are in two of two their divisions, mm-hmm. right? So it's tough. Well, they got to hope slugging. that those two teams, because again, I think Cleveland and Oakland play each other again. They got to hope that one of those teams, like they just split that series and then they get hot. But yeah. uh, the National League is just as exciting. The, Na- the National League wild card is going to be a ridiculous finish. But in the National League, the East, yeah, the Nationals kind of have a shot. Yeah, five and a half back. But the Braves, like, even though they lost to the Jays, like the Braves look pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I like the Braves. Who was saying that the Atlanta Braves are going to be super, super good like a month ago? Who was, was saying like... that at the All Star break that what, the Braves are one of the better teams in baseball? <laughs> I, I can't would, remember. You always do this when you when you like said something a month ago. You're like, who who was that again? Like who? Yeah, because <laughs> I always pick. I always take the sexy picks, the sexy unknown going out on Olympics, and when they work out, it's great. But they're 80 and 54. They're another good team on the road yeah. too. They're 41 and 27. Uh, the Nationals uh, again. I just I can't see them making up that much ground. Uh, the Dodgers won the West. I don't. Yeah, like, we don't even have. They anybody should be else clinching there. any day now they're, or something. I think uh, the magic number is below 20 now. <laughs> their central division is also very interesting. You got the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers. Yeah. Patrick, can you see the Brewers making a move in the Central? Yes, I wouldn't count those uh, those Brewers out just because of Christian Yelich. But remember way back when, the last time we talked about the division leaders, we were all on the Cubs, and yep. we all yeah, said, we yeah, it, they should walk it, walk it off. And now they're 2.5 games back of St. Louis. With and one game St. Louis, they're, St. Louis, they're not even – I think St. Louis are super overrated. They're terrible on the road. I mean, yeah. so are the Cubs, and so are the Brewers. That whole but division's that whole bad division's on the road because they the play road. each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know what to make of, of the central. I I think the wild card though is way more interesting to talk about. Yeah, the wild card like there are so many teams in it right now. The Nationals and the Cubs lead it. The Nationals are in first by three games in the wild card. Then you got the Cubs. Then you got the Phillies who are two games back. The Mets who are three games back. The Brewers that are three games back. The Diamondbacks are four games back. I guess we can count the Giants, but the Giants are such a hurting squad. And they have a, I don't know how there's like there's teams like the Phillies. The Brewers and the Giants, who all have negative run differentials, yeah. yet they're somehow <laughs> yeah. like yeah, the right Giants. around. Those things always even out. And I was, I was I saw a tweet yesterday that said like 
Over the past 30, 60, and 90 days, the Brewers are at 500 baseball. So they haven't done anything remarkable since they started the season hot. Mm-hmm. They've just been playing 500 baseball for the last three months. Yeah. So that, along with their negative run differential, it, it's it doesn't bode well for them because their their pitching is weak. Yeah. And their starting rotation bad. is who I don't I don't know anybody any of them. Who's yeah, it's, Who's it's, on the mound? Super What's soft. on first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that one was for me. That I one was like for me. One. Don't worry about it. Cool. Uh, so same question with the National League wild card here. Who's winning it? What two teams, Patrick? Uh, it's the two teams that are currently holding it. Uh, I remember we were all on the Mets and how they were the sexy pick, and then they just lost four in a row and completely lost all their momentum. <laughs> Marcus Stroman got rocked last night too. A couple two run shots. Just, mm-hmm. just total. I think they rode the high for a little while, and now they're coming back down to earth and. I'm not saying they're toast. I think out of all the teams that I picked, the the team that's the two teams that are really toast are the Giants and the Padres. Um, The Reds, the Reds eventually, like you said, that run differential does make a difference and it does kind of help even out the record. But but they're they're running out of uh, runway. Yeah, their run differential is not. It's only 14. And they're eight games back. That's not going to happen. The D-backs at 61. A plus 61 run differential or four games back. That's a team who could get hot. You heard it here first, the Mets and the Phillies. Wow. I think that the Nationals are just going to crumble. I don't know why. I, I just have a feeling the Nationals are going to break down. They're going to do classic national down. things. I just think they're going to break down it's, during the stretch because they always do. They're they scary, never, though. They never play well at the end of the season. They never, ever play well. They they're, always fall they apart. They are scary, though, with, with Scherzer, I know. Corbin, and Strasburg. They do have great pitching. They've always had good pitching, though. Yeah. When have they not had good pitching That's in the true. past five years? The Cubs, I just think that they're going to just play mediocre baseball, but I just have a feeling that the Phillies are going to get hot. I don't know why. There's going to be one game where the Phillies just come back and win and they're going to start riding some momentum. I have a good feeling about the Phillies. I don't know why. And then just the Mets, I don't know. I, I picked the Mets and I want to still go with them. Uh, wild card, National League. I'm going to go Nats and uh, Phils. You're going on the Phillies train too, hey? Yeah, I'm going to hop on the Phillies train. I like the Phillies train. I like, again, the Phillies are kind of like Tampa Bay. No one's talking about them. Other than Bryce Harper stuff, no yeah. one really talks about the Phillies. And again, those are the teams that are so dangerous at this time of year because they just fly under the radar and take over. Like they just kind of do their own thing. They don't have to worry about the press or the papers or anything like that. I don't know. I the think Phillies. one of these teams is going to go on and win like six games in six or seven games in a row, and it's going to totally change the landscape of this wild card race. And it's going to be the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. Um, let's get to the what if section here of the show. Uh, also, a little bit of a rant from Mr. Patrick Marsh. Uh, the what if today. Um, if I'm correct here, Patrick, if we were Ross Adkins, what would our rotation be for 2020? That's the what if today? Uh, it's kind of that, but it's meant to be more of a like realistic uh, analysis of what's to come for the rotation. It's hard to explain. It started off with me writing a what if, but then it just started to turn into a here's the reality of the situation. <laughs> here's where we're going to sink in money. And the part where I'll turn it back to you guys is actually way down at the end when we start to speculate what free agents oh, cool. uh, are going to pop up. Cool. So we'll just hang out then. Yeah, just hang out for a wee bit. And if there's something you guys think is absolutely incorrect about what I'm going to say, you can totally call it out. I will yell at you. Matter. Yeah, just totally just shit on me. I don't. It doesn't matter. Perfect. Um, but I think we'll all probably be very close to the same page. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say with regards to free agency, but let's just get started. Uh, imagine that you are Ross Atkins. Um, 
don't imagine that too hard because it sounds like a miserable existence <laughs> having to deal with Toronto media 24 seven. Uh, so Atkins is going to have to take a real hard look at how to build a rotation for 2020. We could make a very strong argument right now that it is the weakest uh, spot in our entire 25-man uh, roster right now. Uh, so let's try to figure out what it's going to look like for 2020 and see what kind of work needs to be done. Uh, just some initial thoughts for us to, uh, to chew on before we get into talking about what it might look like. Um, Matt Shoemaker is almost certainly going to be good to go next year. Um, if for whatever reason his rehab has a significant setback or he opts to retire due to injury uh, or something like that, uh, that would be the only reason that he wouldn't be in the rotation. So I think we can all count on Shoemaker being in that rotation for 2020. We good with that? Yeah. I think cool. so. I, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, so far so good. Cool. Uh, so Ryan Baraki is almost certainly going to be ready for opening day 2020. Uh, 2019 was a complete, total fucking disaster for Barucki. Uh, and as 2020 rolls up, he's going to be 26, uh, very well prepared, hopefully in the best shape of his life, ready to take a spot in the rotation that he definitely earned uh, last year uh, when he came in as a rookie and performed quite well against some teams that uh, we didn't expect him to perform well against. So I would say another spot in the rotation. Uh, Possibly the opening day start will go to Ryan Barucki. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't really like Ryan Barucki anymore. Ryan Barucki has lost a little bit of my trust, to be honest with you. But there'll be somebody else making open day start. I think Ryan Barucki won't be making that I'll, start. I'll get to it later. Yeah, I I don't think Ryan Barucki is ready to be the guy uh, in in our rotation. If he if he is going to be in our rotation, I think he's going to be low. Um, and same with Sean Reed Foley. I, I just, those two guys this year just really didn't, really didn't prove it. And they were like, before the year we said it, those are huge. This is a huge year for those guys. Just the rebuild year. We know we're not going to be good, but if they can go out and show something that's huge going forward, they haven't shown me anything this year, especially Reed Foley. Mm -hmm. He was your boy last year. And he yeah, is he's no longer your boy. He has we'll been get there. not great. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know about Baraki, but go on. Okay. So uh, the next thing to consider is the fact that we've got uh, f about four guys on the roster right now who are competing for innings uh, in Trent Thornton, Jacob Wagaspak, uh, Sean Reed Foley, and Thomas Pannone. They're all going to be battling for at least one of those rotation spots amongst each other. Uh, the expectation that Atkins has is if there's two or more starters uh, within the organization – uh, that are recently acquired or drafted or traded for um, that are currently in the system uh, that are prospects or considered prospects. Uh, the Jays will be well established for a long run of success. Um, in my opinion, I would rank those four guys uh, based on their overall 2019 performance, including the minors with Trent Thornton in first place, uh, Jacob Wagaspak in second Sean Reed Foley in third, and Thomas Pannone in fourth. Obviously, that list is subject to change with the final leg of the season coming up, but that's how I see them in terms of their 2019 performance. And we can certainly discuss it at length when we're grading everybody at the end of the year. 
Um, but just to speak of it anecdotally, I think Trent Thornton has proved that he is, can strike out major league batters on a regular basis at a very high rate, which I think is huge. Uh, once he learns the control uh, part of the game, I think he'll be much better. Jacob Wagas pack has been good. I don't think anyone could argue against that. Uh, Sean Reed Foley was terrible in AAA, but he's been serviceable since coming up in MLB. And Thomas Pannon has had an absolute nightmare of a season, and they continue to trot him out because there is nobody else. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's that's that was the quote of the year, right? From Charlie Montoyo. There's there's nobody else. There's literally nobody else. So yeah, it's... my list would look a little different than that, but that's because we haven't brought up the young guys in AAA. Mm. I think the young guys in AAA are going to make a move next year to our rotation, and we're going to get two guys in free agency. Sure. I don't think any of the guys there, like Trent Thornton, maybe, but Sean Reed Foley, Pannon, and Brucky, I would have trouble putting them in our rotation next year. I wouldn't feel comfortable having them in there. They just played, they, they haven't been great this year. And yeah. I get, I know our team sucks, and I know they haven't been getting run support, but it's not like they're losing games 2 1. They're losing games like 8 4 or mm-hmm. 9 5. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're allowing a lot of runs. Thomas Pannon, no, Reed Foley, no. I could see Baraki being like a fourth or fifth guy, but I definitely think that. We're going to go out and get a big arm in the offseason. We're going to get a big ace kind of guy. We're going to pay a lot of money and overpay, which is fine because we need to overpay for pitching. Yep. So we're going to overpay for pitching. That guy's going to start opening day. Uh, I think that maybe Thornton or Shoemaker would be three, and I'm thinking Big Nate's going to be or two, and then I'm thinking Big Nate's going to be three. I'm thinking Big okay. Nate and Anthony Kay are coming up next year for, to be in the rotation. Opening day. Opening day, I think. <sighs> Do we have to worry about playing time with Nate Pearson? The the thing with Nate is this is the first season he's thrown like he's gonna throw a hundred innings this year. Maybe we do want to keep him I, in AAA I, I next year. I think what's year. gonna happen with Nate is he's gonna pitch most of next season in AAA. They may even start him on that innings limit again that they kind of did this year with the five innings mm-hmm. and the two innings, maybe yeah. like a six and a three or something like that. Kind of limit his innings a bit. In his starts um, in AAA, he's been throwing like six innings though. He's been throwing well. He threw mm-hmm. a seven inning. Start if yeah. six inning start. They, they've 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 been letting him rip now. After, yeah. after the All Star break, they said, "Yeah, we'll let you rip now." And his off speed stuff has gotten way his better. His curveball is very good. Freezing guys with his curveball yeah, in AAA. And I think Anthony K is going to make some strides. And I think he's going to be in a rotation. He has year. since we acquired him. He's been yep. great. Yeah. So I think I think that Anthony K is going to be in our rotation next year. I think we're going to get two outside arms, and then Trent Thornton and Shoemaker Wadges Pack. That's my right, well, that's let's... that's my rotation for maybe next year. Let's get into the, the, what we were just talking about with the minor leaders. Um, TJ Zoik has made some significant strides at AAA and may very well see some starts in September this year. He might be a September call-up, and he might get a chance to actually pitch in the big leagues. Uh, same with Anthony K. Like you said, he's been really impressive since we picked him up. I think a lot of people were surprised although i'm pretty sure it was justin who pointed out that anthony k it was a little bit underrated as far as an acquisition goes i know a lot of the luster was uh with simeon woods richardson but k has proven uh to be very effective in triple a in a season that's been really hard on pitchers in general in triple a dealing with the new mlb ball and the fact that the ball may or may not be juiced um a lot of adjustments. Nate has been excellent in the minors, um, and he could sneak into the rotation with an overwhelming performance in spring training. I don't know if Nate necessarily gets a start this year in MLB. 
I mean, it would be cool or interesting to see, but I'd say out of all three of those guys, the closest to actually throwing an MLB uh, pitch, I think the first of the three of them will be Zoik, and K won't be too far behind him, and it'll be interesting to see if they limit Nate as far as his innings go as the season gets a little bit longer. Uh, maybe the, maybe he doesn't pitch again this year um, after you know mid September or whatever it is. I don't know if he sees MLB pitch uh, or not. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think you're pretty spot on. I think I think TJ is going to be the very first one up, um, and it'll be it'll be very shortly after, if not the day after, the Bison season is done, uh, it, which is coming up soon. They're on their final home stand currently. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think we'll see Nate Pearson in September. He's not already, this September. Not this September. God no. Oh God no, no. no. He's come up from Dunedin already this year. So he's already yeah. jumped up up two levels, which is great. That's what we wanted from this year. We, yeah. wanted, we wanted a healthy Nate Pearson, and a Nate Pearson who's throwing a crap ton of strikes. Pitched in the in the Futures game at the All, on All Star Weekend. He's done everything we could have possibly wanted him to do this year. I still think he might make her opening day roster next year. There's a chance. Why not? But it may be. It may be one of those things where he makes a few starts and then they shut him down for a bit. I would be okay with that. Yeah. I would be okay with that. The one thing I will say about Zoic, be careful of the no-hitter. He gets ground balls. I know I know he gets ground balls, and yeah. I know he's a great pitcher, but the one thing is whenever pitchers throw a no-hitter, all of a sudden people are like, oh, man, he's great. Hype. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, he's great. Like the hype train starts. Some pretty iffy guys have thrown no-hitters, like Dallas Braden. Remember when Dallas yeah. Braden threw? Was it a no hitter, a perfect game? It was on Mother's Day. Yeah, I can't remember, but he pitched it. What is he doing now? He's working for Barstool Sports. Yeah, and that was like four years ago. Yeah, and like, it wasn't that long ago, and he was still young. So like sometimes guys will throw a no hitter, get Jackson a lot of hype, no and people get really excited about it. Just don't. Again, we we did this to Thomas Pannone when he first came up and was really good. Hyped choo-choo. up the hyped up the Pannone train, choo choo. Let's <laughs> let's pump the brakes on Zoic a little bit. Yeah. Same with Pier. Again, I'm pumping Pearson's tires. I shouldn't be pumping them as much as I should. We're all guilty. He's a top ten prospect in baseball yeah. now. Um, I think that's just me, about it. But does anyone me, have any closing remarks here about our pitching for next year? Oh, well, there's still a couple couple more things to go here before we shut her down. Um, with regards to Zoic, the reason why I threw him in there is because he actually has been our best starter since the you know the shuffle up uh, where we were kind of leaning on. Um, like career minor league guys to kind of go out there and, and throw regularly. Zoik has actually been arguably our best starter in AAA who's not named Anthony Kerr, Nate Pearson. Like he's been there the whole year, hasn't he? Yes. Or most he's, of the year at he least. Was, he was hurt in spring training. He had an outside yeah. shot of making the Jays roster in spring training. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it's not just the, the no hitter, although the no hitter is definitely like a strike when the iron is hot kind of thing. Um, but I want to conclude before we talk about the free agents with the fact that we might end up seeing the use of bullpen days next year where we see a mixture of Sean Reed, Foley, Thomas Pannone, Joe Biagini, Sam Gaviglio, Justin Schaefer, uh, possibly Jacob Swagas pack if he doesn't earn a ro- uh, spot in the rotation um, and maybe Anthony K, who knows, uh, get, you know, two or three innings each on uh, day day five of the, the rotation uh, with the hopes that using multiple arms can kind of keep them all fresh for other spot starts with injuries, uh, but maybe also, you know, get some meaningful innings out of them. It's hard to say whether or not this is a long-term possibility in Toronto because 
it does mean having like a really thin bullpen um, or just having like a really good bullpen that's overwhelming. And right now we lack quality starters in the organization and we do actually have a good bullpen. If you look at the numbers, we, we have a legitimately good bullpen. So I don't know if you want to waste Joe Biagini or, or Justin Schaefer or even Sam Gaviglio on a bullpen day necessarily when they've actually proven, especially Schaefer and Biagini recently, that they are what we need out of the bullpen. You no, know Joe Biagini is a Houston Astro, right? He no longer plays for us. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. I was – what was that? Yeah. <laughs> My my bad. <laughs> I just want to kind of let you go for a minute, see if you caught yourself. But you, but no, you if we it. would have wrapped it up when <laughs> I said we should have wrapped it up, this never would have happened. <laughs> no, no, I feel bad now because <laughs> I was hyping up Biagini. But I mean, I guess even without Joe Biagini, we still have a good bullpen. <laughs> and Schaefer is definitely like the guy who sticks out the most. I don't think Derek Law has been overwhelmingly good. And, um, yeah, it does kind of suck that we did deal away someone like BGN, but I don't know, like Sam Caviglio has been serviceable. He was super good until he totally ran out of steam in early July and he was just getting the crap kicked out of him. Bullpen um, arms are a dime a dozen though. You can go out yeah. and buy a 30 year old bullpen arm for a league minimum salary. Yeah. 35 year old so, even. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So, as long as they throw hard and get ground balls, we don't really care. We get to the finish line here, and the next step is for us to consider free agent arms. Um, I compiled a list of seven viable candidates who are young enough to fit within our window as far as success goes. Um, they include Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner, Michael Waka, Alex Wood, Shelby Miller, and Jordan Lyles. Um Obviously, Michael Walker and Shelby Miller have not had good seasons at all. Um, I don't. Shelby Miller hasn't been good for four years now. I wouldn't touch yeah, him with a I, I fifty-five mean, foot he, pole. He could end up being a shoemaker project, he, though, where we bring him in won't. as a, an arm and he's, see what happens. He's so done. He you is, think Shelby's done? Oh God, he's been done for three years. I was one of those. I was one of those guys. He got hurt. In his uh, at the end of his St. Louis days, and then the yeah. the D backs tried to resurrect him, didn't work. He spent a ton of time in the in the minors for the D backs because he was just absolutely terrible. And then yeah, the Rangers tried to make him a project this season, and again, absolutely terrible. He's walking six guys per nine innings. Like, oh, that's great! <laughs> yeah. Such a good stat. It'll fit right in. It'll take up that Aaron Sanchez role. That's He's, uh, clearly he a might be worse than Aaron Sanchez. <laughs> Oh, way worse. Like, I've, yeah, this might be it for him. You're you're right. I included him on the list just because of his age range. Yeah, uh, I just think I'm, we can probably bump the Michael Walker, Alex Wood, and Shelby Miller off this list, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. You don't think Michael Walker would be a viable? Can- I guess. I mean, the high. They give BB up way too many home runs. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You can't give up two home runs per nine innings when you're mm-hmm. only pitching six. If you're pitching six innings, you're giving up more than that probably. Mm-hmm. Like. Not to mention the four walks per nine, which means he's given up at least two walks and a home run. They're negative war players. I mean, I'm pretty sure Trent Thornton probably has more F4 than than those guys do this year. Do you think we could get Madison Bumgarner for cheap next year? Not for cheap. 
no, none of these guys are going to come become me cheap just because of the thin market. Like when it comes to Madison Bumgarner's potential, though, because Madison Bumgarner, it's not like he forgot how to pitch. He's just kind of on a little bit of a cold streak. Like he hasn't yeah. been playing great. But if we can get the Madison Bumgarner of like four years ago, for like uh, like how much do you think he'd make a year? He's making twelve million this year. So we probably run around twenty. Um. 18, 19. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher, or the best free agent available. Period. We're not getting Garrett. He's Cole. making thirteen and a half this year. Um, the the website uh, Sport Spot Track they do like market value. They have his market value at twenty eight million dollars a season. Yeah, we're not getting Garrett Cole. We're probably not getting Wheeler. If we got Bumgarner. Yeah. the The problem with any of these guys is the Jays are going to have to overpay. And oh, the, definitely. The, That's the, what I said before. So, so if, yeah, like you mentioned before, if and let's just be hypothetical. If these guys, let's say the teams want to sign them to a four-year deal because they're all like around 30 years old, you don't want to get into a six- or seven-year deal with a starting pitcher who's almost yeah. 30. So if teams want to sign them to, say, a, a four-year, let's just say $100 million contract, $25 million per season, the Jays are going to have to go one year up, yeah. five years, and probably add another two million on, yeah. an, on the annual value so looking at five years 130 million but i'm okay with that because we need pitching and we I'm have okay with and we have payroll to spend yeah. allegedly I'm, I'm okay with that because <laughs> we need pitching so bad we can't go into next year with rotation with the guys that we have now not if, if if the management team does what they said they would a couple weeks ago when shapiro said oh yeah like we we know the fans are tired of losing if, if we think there's a shot at winning we'll take it they've got to think there's a shot at winning yeah or he's up to something. Or he's he is all the time. Um, that's it. That's all for this episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It was a good talk about pitching. I love talking about our pitching because it's just, again, we don't have to talk about our players anymore because they're awesome. Yeah. Like our, our lineup batting, is great, yeah, our but our pitching, is... oh boy. That's, yeah. that's going to have to catch up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for following us on all the socials. If you haven't followed us yet, it's at BFMD Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn and Stitcher, all that jazz. We're all over it. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, for Justin, for Patrick, my name's Clayton. Have a good one. Uh, the extra song today, uh, obviously we're going Roxanne by the police. It has to be. This is for you, Christian Yelich. Good job. And for you, Good Roxanne. job taking down the keyboard, Warriors, bud. Have a good one. <laughs>